Turns out Missouri might be in the hunt for former Georgia quarterback JT Daniels after all, and also the Missouri basketball season comes to a somewhat merciful end yesterday against LSU. Well, what does that mean for the future? All this and more coming up right now on Locked on Mizzou. You are Locked on Mizzou, your daily podcast on the Missouri Tigers, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hail you true sons and daughters, I'm John Miller, your Mizzou mafioso and the central scrutinizer of Missouri Tigers football and basketball. Thanks for making Locked On Mizzou your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get your podcasts, and thanks for telling a friend all about us. Of course, check us out on YouTube as well. But you know what? If you're watching the Missouri LSU game yesterday, you probably noticed on the bottom line there, some breaking news from Pete Thamel of ESPN.com. Apparently, the Mizzou football team still in the mix for Georgia quarterback JT Daniels, who has entered the transfer portal in the last couple months or so, like many before him, and many still to come, apparently, at the end of the spring. That's the that's the new world we live in. But, of course, this news came as Daniels was visiting Oregon State, reportedly, and Again, Thamel reported that West Virginia and also Missouri were expected to be the other schools in the mix for Daniel's services. Now, at the beginning of this process, we'd sort of heard some rumors that Missouri had reached out to Daniels and maybe there wasn't that much mutual interest, at least from the Daniels side of the equation. But perhaps that's changed now. I think Pete Thamel has pretty good reporting, certainly has a lot of good sources who enjoy leaking stuff to him. So I would definitely take that information pretty seriously. So I guess it's time to maybe take a quick look back at where JT Daniels is in his career. Well, at one point, in fact, JT Daniels was the number one ranked high school recruit of the 2019 high school class. But then he reclassified, actually, to the 2018 high school class, ended up starting, despite being a a relatively young man there then, as a true freshman at Southern Cal, threw for 14 touchdowns, 10 picks, and 11 games. He missed one start with a concussion, so obviously you figured he's the sure thing starter next season for USC. Well, unfortunately... While that was true, he ends up tearing his ACL in the second quarter of USC's opener against Fresno State. Now, Daniels was basically lighting it up up until that point in the game. He had over 230 yards passing their middle second quarter, but obviously that ended his season. So then somebody emerges at USC. He decides to move on to Georgia. Well, the 2020 pandemic season If you're a Missouri fan, you might remember JT Daniels looking pretty darn good against the Tigers at Faroe Field that year. In fact, that was part of him basically winning the job at the end of the year, helping Georgia go 4-0, and really Daniels looked pretty darn good while doing it, I have to say. And it really felt like he had added something different to the Georgia Bulldogs offense that Stetson Bennett did not. Earlier in that 2020 season, you might remember the game against Alabama It really felt like the talent in that game was very even, if anything, tilting a little bit towards Georgia overall, but just the quarterback position, there was no comparison in that game between Stetson Bennett and Mac Jones, of course, who's now with the New England Patriots. 
So, of course, that brings us to 2021. And while Daniels, once again, the incumbent starter at a big-time school, Georgia, obviously they end up winning the national championship. But while Bennett got off, or excuse me, while Daniels got off to a pretty good start this season, well, he ended up missing some time with an oblique injury. Obviously, Bennett came in, played well, then Somewhat mysteriously, Daniels missed a little bit more time. I don't know if that was an oblique injury or or something else. But then obviously Bennett really took the reins at the end of the season. I think he added an element to Georgia's offensive rushing that that particular team kind of needed because with one of the great defenses we've seen in the last few years, Georgia's needed to play a little bit more ball control maybe than they needed to, to in maybe the 2020 season. So... To me, what does that mean? Does that mean Missouri should want JT Daniels? Well, I I think sort of like the other Daniels, right? Jaden Daniels, an extremely different player, but guys who are talented enough that on paper, they certainly upgrade your quarterback room. But again, unlike Jaden Daniels, JT Daniels is very much a statue in the pocket. He's never had positive rushing yards in his college football career, and he, he takes a lot of sacks too. So if you're if you're a team like Georgia and you've got a great offensive line and you can give JT Daniels time to throw the football, well, he's going to look really good doing it. But if he's under pressure, I, I'm not sure he has a lot of answers. And with his somewhat extensive injury history, that makes me a little bit nervous. On top of the fact that that Daniels has been very open with the fact that he is not going to transfer until after he graduates from Athens, Georgia this fall. So that means no spring ball at Missouri. Well, to me, that's another another knock against him. If he's not willing to be here now, I, I, don't, I don't know. I'm, I'm just not sure that that risk is really worth it. Again, we saw what the Drinkwitz offense looked like with an immobile quarterback last season, and it just didn't look very good. And without the kind of dominant offensive line that you would have at Georgia versus what you would have at Missouri, presumably for the 2022 season. I just don't know that JT Daniels is a great fit despite having a lot of of arm talent and upside and all that good stuff. But to me, if Missouri takes him, fine and dandy. But at the same time, this isn't going to change everything and all the outlook for the 2022 Tigers because not only because of fit, because of injury concerns, Daniel's not a sure thing at all, at least in this podcaster's opinion. And coming up, of course, I want to talk about the Missouri-LSU game, including something I'd like to see change a little bit going forward with the SEC basketball tournament. But first, I want to tell you about Bilt Barn. Let me let me in let you in excuse me on on a couple secrets about myself number 1 i do a good bit of intermittent fasting so i haven't actually eaten anything today also i'm very lazy when it comes to cooking if i can't reheat it in the microwave well not that big of a fan of cooking to be brutally honest with you but you know what that's where built bar comes in i'm starting to feel a little peckish even as i do this read right now and guess what doesn't require cooking built bar yes it's perfect if you're on the go if you're if you're strapped for time like i often am well throw a built bar into your gym bag because guess what it'll give you that that pickup that boost of energy you're looking for 
And not only are these bars low in calorie, low sugar, low carb, and high in protein, guess what? They taste great too. They're covered in 100% real chocolate. How can you beat it? It's really the best of both worlds. So you know what? Go to Built.com, use the promo code LOCK15, and you will get 15% off your order. Once again, promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at Built.com. Thanks for making Locked On Mizzou your first listen every day. Make sure to check out Locked On Bracket Breakdown March 14th right here on the Locked On Mizzou feed and our YouTube channel. College basketball experts Chris Gordy, Andy Patton, and betting expert Lee Sterling give you in-depth breakdowns on every matchup. I highly recommend you check that out, especially if you do like to put a few ducats on a game now and again like myself. Well, it's tough to complain about too much when you're the 12th best team in a 14-team conference, right? But here goes. Here here I go right now. But in all seriousness, if Missouri didn't even make the tournament, I would be okay with that. That's how boring the Wednesday games are in the SEC. Don't get me wrong. It was nice to see the Tigers get one more win against Ole Miss, but cut it off at eight, honestly. The eight-team conference tournaments was as good as it got. Three days. You shouldn't need five days when that's just it's an absurd amount of time. Nobody wants to be there for five days. Just stop it. But also on top of that, if we're gonna keep the current format, well, okay. Understand that yes, on that that Wednesday, they want to have those games in prime time essentially. So Missouri started at five o'clock on Wednesday. Well, then they tip off at about two o'clock, scheduled to tip off at one thirty, less than twenty-four hours the next day. You know, wouldn't it be nice if the two teams that played those night games on Wednesday, if they could just play the two winners that advance, could they just play the night games on Thursday as well the next time, just give them a reasonable amount of time to recover? I understand that everything is based on TV and perhaps they just want to pick and choose the best matchups they think are available, but I don't know. To me, for actual fairness, that would be that'd be a decent move, but again... Tough to complain too much when you're the 12th seed. And if you say, eh, I don't want to hear it from the 12th seed, well, that's honestly a fair point as well. Just a little thing I thought I might point out. Before we get into our Missouri LSU analysis here, and and really, again, just that game really played out about how I expected. Unfortunately, just a bad matchup for the Tigers. Everything that Kermit Davis gave to the Tigers on Wednesday in the form of not trapping, not putting any pressure on the Mizzou ball handlers. Well, of course, Will Wade was all over it. He He's smart enough to remember three weeks ago when we played in Baton Rouge. And yeah, 17 turnovers, I think. I mean, over 20, I believe, for the game. But yeah, with 14 minutes left, Missouri already had 17 turnovers, despite being only down 10 at that point. And really, like... Like the broadcasters were saying, like Ravitch and, and, the bro- and the broadcast team was saying yesterday, Missouri really did own those first four minutes of the second half despite really being pummeled. It was 34-9 to at one point. So again, to my point on yesterday's show, I, I am proud of this team for how hard they fight. Even though obviously they have obvious glaring deficiencies 
just in terms of ball handling, most obviously, but lots of other ways as well. We don't need to get on into that. We've, we've been over it a million times in this space. But again, I am proud of how hard these guys play. And Trevin Brazil, once again, it's starting to rub off on him a little bit too. Priority one for whoever is the coach going forward at Missouri should be keeping that guy around and developing him. And, you know, I just thought there was a moment yesterday where he missed a couple bunnies inside, but just kept fighting back really hard, eventually got it in the basket, drew the foul. You could tell Conzo Martin was fired up about it, fired up for that amount of effort. And I'm telling you, just these last few games, we're really seeing Trevin Brazil grow into a guy who had tons of potential, now into a guy who's just leveling up even quicker than I thought he would, honestly. It's starting to just slow down, and he's starting to just get it a little bit, especially in terms of rebounding and how he needs to use his six foot nine physicality there in the paint. I'm, I'm really proud of how he's progressed this season. And by the way, this is something I put out on my Twitter feed just before I hit record here, at Locked on Mizzou on Twitter if you want to check it out. But with about... 12 minutes and 41 seconds left in the first half. So very early in the ball game, Dejuan Gordon comes around a pick and roll and Xavier Pinson just basically lunges in front of him, you know, moves his feet okay, don't get me wrong, but then just chooses to fall down. And of course, then Dejuan Gordon falls down on top of him and Xavier Pinson gets the charge call. To me, that was an absolutely absurd call and the reason I'm drawing attention to it not because obviously it had a big effect on the game and it doesn't have anything personal to do with Xavier Pinson either I don't even blame him for making the play obviously he got the call hey good good on you but to me that is the perfect example of a play that has to be taken out of the game I'm just tired of watching supposed defense coming down to, well, can I trick the official into calling a charge call or not? And man, do officials absolutely love to call charges. But listen, I'm not saying offensive fouls shouldn't exist. It should be a lot harder to get them than it is now. It's just the charge has become so ridiculous. And by the way, it's often a dangerous play too, especially when you're sliding under somebody who's taken, who's who's jumped up in the air at the very last second, whether it's a lob or a drive or something like that, some help defender just sliding up under your body, making you fall to the ground. A dangerous play and also just not an entertaining play. How about this? How about you move your feet and actually move your hands, try to deflect the ball, play actual defense instead of turning basketball into soccer, into a flop contest. I'm just tired of that. I'm, you know, the flop, the flop warnings are one thing, but at a certain point, you've got to call the charge differently. And it's got to be much, much harder to get a charge. And I think if you just make that adjustment at all levels of college basketball, I think in in NBA basketball too, quite frankly, you'll see a much more pleasing sport to watch. And coming up, let's talk some diamond sports, including Major League Baseball ending its lockout. And Missouri softball coach Larissa Anderson has a thought, and she'd like to share it with all of you, something to maybe improve her sport. I'm all about improving sports, as you all know. But first, before we get there, I want to tell you that, yes, it is that time of year again. College basketball 
it's the best time of year, right? Selection Sunday, just two days away. I love these midday conference tournaments. Well, guess what? Bet Online has you covered with all the odds, contests, player props. No matter what conference you're into, no matter what sport you're into, maybe it's hockey. Maybe, hey, Major League Baseball is about to come back. Now's the best time to start diving into it, and there's no better place than Bet Online. You get your scores, your podcasts, and news on top of, of course, the best player props and odds anywhere online. So head to their website today. It's betonline.net, where the game starts. Well, your red hot Missouri softball Tigers. We're supposed to be playing today in Columbia, but obviously with a few inches of snow on the ground, that is not going to be happening. And over on her Twitter account, Larissa Anderson put out this morning, here's a thought, hashtag move the season back. Maybe we start a task force. Who's in? Well, actually, you know what, Larissa? I'm in. I think that's a pretty good idea. Why not move back the season a little bit? Get some better weather for these young ladies. I'm fine with it. I don't know if they, if maybe they have to play a little bit deeper into the summer. I don't know. Ask the players. Would they be okay with that? Do they want their summer vacation? I think that's maybe the biggest issue here, quite frankly. If I were a player, I don't know if I would want that or not. There's the, sure, you don't like playing in 30 degree weather, but at the same time, boy, that's summer. When I was a student, I remember liking that quite a bit. So you'd have to tell me there, but to me, Okay, hashtag move the season back, but once again, hashtag move the mound back. I'm tired of seeing perfect games in softball. Let's see a little bit more action. Hey, good for the pitchers, but my goodness, let's move it back a couple feet and see what happens. I think you'll see a more interesting sport. And frankly, I would do that in Major League Baseball as well, with so many guys who throw 99 miles an hour coming out of the bullpen. I think... It seems like a radical change, but to me, the much more radical change the last couple seasons was the extra inning rule where you had the guy on second. That was just a non-starter for me. That was just way too radical for me, even though I, I like some changes, but let's not totally change the game. To me, you change the game completely when you don't have to get on base at the plate. That's just a non-starter for me. But, you know, obviously... I'm a guy, I've, I've, I've made some guest appearances here on the Locked On Network, actually on the Locked On Nationals show. A Mizzou alum hosts that. Also Locked On Cardinals with another Mizzou alum, Lucas Smith. And, well, over the last couple of years, I've been signing, I've been, you know, sounding, I should say, the alarm bells about Major League Baseball. I, I've seen this work stoppage coming for some time, and, Frankly, I got to give both sides, including the owners, a lot of credit for coming to a deal here. And I've been I've been very pessimistic because I thought there were some large things that needed to come together. Most specifically, young players just needed to be paid earlier, right? And the fact that the owners were willing to realize that this time and give ground a little bit, I, I'm frankly pleasantly surprised because after sort of the debacle that was the 2020. In Major League Baseball season where it seemed like they were they had this golden opportunity in the middle of everything all sports being shut down for all intents and purposes well of course they kind of squander it by arguing amongst themselves pushing the baseball season back 
too far and in the middle of the pandemic kind of turning some people off for sure and also bleeding into basketball when they could have had a good month or two of just owning the sports calendar and well they blew it and the fact that they blew that opportunity made me really pessimistic for the for this baseball season but fortunately we're going to get the whole thing and as somebody who is a big major league baseball fan I'm thrilled I'm really glad it's happening and by the way, while I am a Kansas City Royals fan and, and an American League fan, if you will, I know there are a ton of Cardinal fans who not only listen to this podcast, but guess what? My my wife, all my in-laws, most of my friends are all Cardinals fans too, so I like to root for the Cardinals as well. So I know a lot of you out there are disappointed that now there is going to be a designated hitter in the National League. And I understand that. I really do. In in my opinion, in a perfect world, pitchers would hit not only in the National League, but in both leagues. Because strategically, I agree, it's a little bit more interesting when that happens. But here's the problem. And here's why I'm ultimately for the DH universally. Because for years now, for decades pitchers have gotten worse at hitting. And why wouldn't they? Because, again, for decades, they haven't been hitting at the minor league level, nor the college level, by the way. There's a universal DH in the college game in every level of minor league baseball from single A all the way up to triple A. So, again, what are we doing here? If if, 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 If pitchers haven't picked up a bat since they were in high school, quite possibly, and then suddenly five, six, seven years later, they hit the big leagues and, oh, here you go, let's see, if, let's see how you do against Max Scherzer. I mean, that's complete insanity. It would be as though a basketball player didn't have to dribble for six or seven years and then suddenly, oh, hey, you're in the NBA now, let's see if you can dribble again. It, it's nuts. So to me, if you're the type of person that wanted the – the designated hitter to stay away from the National League, well, you needed to be advocating for that position to disappear in the minor leagues because if you're not going to develop hitting at that level, I mean, my God, the the everyday players have to develop their hitting at that level for years sometimes before they get to the big leagues. We're talking top prospects. So what are the odds that pitchers are going to be able to do it, especially when they literally never practice it at the minor league level? It's insanity. Let's stop it. Especially in a world where where how the game is played now, fewer and fewer bench players, more and more bullpen arms are being used for those bench spots. Well, guess what? Now we're even seeing relief pitchers hit. I'm sorry, that stuff is boring. It's not good. It's not good for the game. And trust me, it's not that boring. The American League's fine. All you National League people get used to it. I I, I understand that you're upset. You're used to the to the way it was, but I promise you, once you see an actual and by the way, your day to day roster management, the way the designated hitter is used now, well, you know there is some strategy there too. Hey, do I put Yadier Molina in a in a designated hitter a couple times a week? Sure, absolutely, and you can kind of use that as a rotating position in order to give guys a quote unquote half a day off instead of a full day off. So really, if you're a Cardinals fan, this might well lengthen Yadier Molina's career. So hey, another plus 
in the universal DH column. But anyway, if you disagree with me, it's all good. Hit me up at Locked On Mizzou on Twitter or anywhere on social media. Email me, LockedOnMizzou at gmail.com. But you know what? Before we get out of here, just let me remind you once again, make your second listen, Locked On NFL Draft with Ryan Tracy, former NFL corner Eric Crocker. They bring the NFL Draft to life every day with insight and analysis on college football prospects and NFL front offices. It's free and available wherever you get finer podcasts. So until next time, I am John Miller, and thank you so much for listening to Locked on Mizzou.